Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. We're with the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. That was my Mario. Uh, we are Real Nerds Podcast. Every week we see a new movie and we podcast our experience for the world. This week we went to the Santa Mario. <laughs> no, this week we saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. Stay tuned where we will recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil it. Uh, we also talk about movie news and stuff we've been watching throughout the week. Brad, how was your week this week? You went to the movies a lot. Yeah, um, big week for movies. I, I had to see it all. What? Sorry, my Captain Carter fell off my shelf. Ugh. How did she fall? Oh, there we go. Okay, she's back up. She's good. All right. All right. Yeah, no. I, that was yeah, a close kept one. On <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm jealous because you went to Army of Darkness. Um, yeah. I posted that while I was working. I was like, you son of a <laughs> bitch. I know. So annoy the shit out of him. He'll be you so jealous. Good son of a bitch. <laughs> That's probably the like classic film I've seen in the theaters the most. I'm pretty sure I've seen it maybe ten times in movie theaters. <laughs> I uh, I'm trying to like be more active on our Instagram account, and so every chance like uh, I, it feels lame to me to be like, oh, here's a poster, but at the same time, like I I want to encourage like engagement on the. It was a lot more fun to have an Instagram when we all hung out and saw the movies together, but now it's like. I, I I can't take pictures of anyone else because I've seen all these movies alone. So here here's a poster or like a marquee. Uh, well, I mean, there's 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 no right to privacy in a public place. So you can take pictures of people. I guess it just feels like a, a creep, <laughs> <laughs> creep move. I'm not. I'm saying you can do it. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I, like I could do it, but I would definitely <laughs> get a lot of looks of like, hey, there's like this like lonely forty year old taking pictures of us. Like, <laughs> gross. <laughs> And then you just have because I'm a creep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a um, no, that's good. I, you know, I log into Instagram maybe once every week, and I, I I might get an account just so I can start doing it because you know I, I'm really the only one who does the Twitter and Facebook stuff. So, um, yeah, I and guess plus, I should... you, you go see movies with the kids, so you got like a person to put in all the photos doing stuff. So you're probably even better at it than me. I know. I can't wait to take him to evil dead lives. So I mean, evil dead <laughs> rise. <laughs> I know. God, I wish I was going to see that movie with you. Cause I would just like to see him like covering his face the whole time. <laughs> Dad, yeah. what'd you do to me? The one time when I asked you, I was like, yeah, Megan's not that bad. It's like, yeah, I'll go see Megan. <laughs> and then it's like, 
mommy's with the maggots now. <laughs> <laughs> and Kellen's eyes were as big as freaking plates. I go, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, what are maggots? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's so cute though. He got, um, money for Easter and he loves, uh, cats. And there's a game on PlayStation 5 called Stray. So that's what he mm. got with his money today. He got a game where you literally are a cat who runs around this world. I know. I want to play it. Um, yeah, it's pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I was like, oh man, it's kind of cool that he goes out and buys video games now. I like it. It's a good hobby to have. I grew up yeah, with that hobby. Yeah. Yeah, no, dude, I've been playing. I forgot how satisfying Resident Evil 4 is, like, roundhousing people. Man. <laughs> of course, you'll never have the experience of going to Toys R Us and, like, picking out a, a piece of paper of the game you yeah. want and having to take it up to the counter and then getting the game that way. Yeah. I've never the, experienced you know, that. The one game I remember doing that for was Mega Man 5. I always remember that one. Yeah. My dad used to take us because we went to the one. My dad lived um, on uh, by the one on uh, where Villa Italia it used to be. There's a one that was kind of across the street from there. Um, I can't remember the exact area, but he used to be over there. That's where he used to go. <laughs> yeah. I used to you know spend months saving up for like a $60 game and cash it in for that one and yeah i mean i even forgot that some nintendo 64 games used to be 80 fucking dollars yeah i never bought those (laughs) (laughs) like i think those were christmas gifts but yeah like when i had the money and and went in yeah i usually hung around the 50 to 60 dollar range but yeah you're right there was like 80 90 dollar games back then that i never paid attention to because uh and i i i did buy one of them i bought mortal Kombat trilogy and it was 80 dollars i know and that's because i didn't want the load screens anymore on the playstation (laughs) version of it blows my mind that some controllers are 80 to 90 dollars these days oh dude no uh playstation 5 just put out like their pro controller it's 200 dollars Like, what's more pro about it? Uh, dude, you can, like, remap the whole controller. <laughs> it's programmable? Okay. I yeah. mean, they had that back in the SNES days, and it wasn't $80. <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, the PlayStation 5 controller is pretty freaking wicked, though. Uh, Do you see things. their, uh, like, patenting, 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 I still not saying it right, that, uh, like, it, they're going to have controllers that, like, have, have uh, heat feedback so like things you're like the controller gets warmer or colder i guess when you go into certain rooms or with it i guess i interesting well it has to be like you know the next step they got to make games more immersive or is that just cover for like the bat like the battery for the controllers is gonna like get super (laughs) hot all the time (laughs) how can we sell this when the battery keeps on getting hot we can't keep it cool so let's just like market it that it's like oh yeah it's supposed to get hot when you play (laughs) because You're playing a tropical game. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The new feature of Super Mario Sunshine 2. <laughs> Fill the heat. Uh, Scorpion threw a fire thing at you. So, of course, the <laughs> controller gets hot. <laughs> yeah. Adoy. <laughs> nah, video games are awesome. They're like some of my favorite uh, pastime is playing video games. Yeah. Let's, let's just end the movie podcast. Let's do video games from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a video game podcast all day long. Yeah, we used to. Yeah.
We should bring that back every once in a while to talk about our games. Uh, to when Zelda comes out, maybe that's what we should uh, do. Let's keep oh, like an I'm update of for sure. Like each of our progress. Like where are you at on Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah. here's where I'm at. You know what? It's my show. Uh, every week when that comes out, we're going to be updating where we're at. <laughs> nice new segment, Tears of the Kingdom. Hell yeah! Sweet. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, speaking of video games, we saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. Brad, I know you love the 93 version. How do you feel about the 2023 version of the Super Mario Brothers movie? Okay, I got to be careful because I'm talking to you (laughs) about this. (laughs) And I do love the 1993 version. Um, uh, I'm not shy about saying that I gave it five stars on Letterboxd. Uh, it's a perfect film. Um, <laughs> Why? <laughs> and uh, yeah, now we have this one and it's fun. Um, but the story is pretty shallow. I'm not convinced that the writers of the movie knew what to do with a Mario story for a feature film. Um, <laughs> this movie did not convince me that they are like, oh, yeah, clearly this is the tale we need to tell about the Mario brothers. Um but it's fun. Um, and if you like movies where there's a lot of like nostalgia and Easter eggs and references to things, um, then this succeeds on that. Um, it's uh, probably nonstop like, hey, look at that thing. I remember that thing. Here's that thing. They're <laughs> referencing that thing um, in unfortunately in place of a interesting story. Um, I was, uh, you know, there is one and I like oh that's funny if it's just a reference um or an easter egg and hopefully it's building something else and it doesn't um they kind of seed things for a story that have no resolution uh which obviously this movie is getting a sequel so my hope is that those things that they uh developed a little bit get paid off in future movies but uh as it stands it's just a fun nostalgic um gorgeous looking movie um but it, it like i said it's story-wise it's it's so shallow <laughs> um <laughs> for me so um yeah i would i would rather still watch the old one um because it's it's weird and creative and this one's just like i love nintendo and it shows you were a fucking asshole <laughs> <laughs> i love this movie because uh, I think it helps that I saw it with a really enthusiastic crowd. Um, but at the same time, I would also, my argument would be, what is the Super Mario Brothers video game story? <laughs> and I mean, it literally is Mario going to save the princess. And that's what we got. And uh, I mean, there is a couple curveballs in it that I think are fun. Um, but you're right. The movie is beautiful. The part where they're in the sewers and the water's going. Oh, my gosh. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you're right. There's lots of references. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun movie. Here is the trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Where am I? <laughs> Ooh, fresh meat for the grinder. Pay him no heed. He is cute, but he is. There's got to be a way out of here. There's no escape. The only hope is the sweet relief of death. Whoa! Oh, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> My army! 
Oh. We will destroy the Mushroom Kingdom! Bowser is coming. I'm not afraid. I'll do anything for my brother. We're going to save him. Yes! Fire! <laughs> you asked for it! This is fun! So Brad said this movie's not deep, but I'm going to go in a dissertation about this movie and what happens in it. There's these two plumbers from Brooklyn. They get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom, and they have to save it. Oh, wow. you wanted more? There's not. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm a, level, I'm a little conflicted about saying that the plot's shallow because you're right. The video game <laughs> that's based on is Mario goes and fights Bowser and saves the princess. And yes... <laughs> like that's that the the movie does that so i guess my my thing is i hoped that they're like the writers <laughs> would find something a little deeper to mine and uh right off the bat like you know it's it's the super mario brothers movie and luigi's kind of sidelined through most of it um, Yeah, so that's um, a bummer but my argument would be too is he finds out who he is and it's in um it's he? <laughs> yeah, he uh, he saves his brother at the end. Um, okay. He, his character in the video games, too, is he's a scaredy cat, and they put that in there. I think it'd be sweet. I mean, they're not going to do it, obviously. Um, spoilers, they're going to do Yoshi in the next one. But I think a cool sequel would be, like, Luigi's Mansion, where Mario gets kidnapped, and he has to go to, like, a haunted house and save him. Um, sure. Because they they kind of set that up where he went to the Badlands or whatever the uh, Toad called it. Yeah, um, I, I thought there was going to be more to that. Like, I thought it was going to dovetail into a Luigi's Mansion thing where, like, okay, um, like, Luigi's on his own side quest. So then they'll meet up at the end. But, like, they start that, and right away he gets captured. And then for, like, a good chunk of the movie, he's just in a cage uh, listening to a nihilistic uh, flame star thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> My theater could not stop laughing every time that little fucker showed up. Oh yeah, that's uh, some dark shit. That was like the the closest it got to being like a Lego movie was that <laughs> yeah. character. Um Yeah, it was but I mean the movie is at the end of the day, um I've actually the last month and a half, I've had a lot of fun at the movies. I went back and I was thinking, I was like, man, starting with Ant Man, I think I've had fun at the movies every week. Um because, I mean, you go back last week was Dungeons and Dragons, which surprised me. The week before that was John Wick. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just, man, I just thought this was a pretty strong march. And, um, but back to the Super Mario Brothers movie, I mean, it is so like beautiful. Like the movie is gorgeous. And yeah, that's so what kept me invested was just like looking at it all, like how they translated everything into like, like the like the fluidity of the animation is great, and the character designs are obviously pretty faithful. But 
yeah, there's like a lot of lighting effects and things that just really impressed me. And you know what I liked too that was really subtle is uh, Mario moved how he moves in the game. Uh, you know how he ran or jumped. I thought was very faithfully captured. Um, yeah, I, I loved early on when they look before they get uh, sucked into the mushroom land. Like they go to that one job and he does. Like he's already an ace jumper and like oh yeah acrobat the, and so they I have mean, that the side scrolling huh? <laughs> the part that you called where they're going to use uh, pop culture music <laughs> in the movie yeah don't sleep down Brooklyn <laughs> like that, I think that was but the it, only thing that strayed into that territory because I did appreciate that a lot of the humor and the jokes didn't come from like recent pop culture stuff you know, oh like yeah no some bandits show up and like a 3d version of themselves. Like it was really, they just stuck to um, this like song cues and things. So that was nice. Yeah. But it, it worked. Cause that senior referencing too, I was super excited because when it panned to 2d, I'm like, Oh man, they made it just like the game. Yeah. Um, but then, and, but then I mean, it, it was weird when he got to the mushroom kingdom and peach is like, okay, you got to pass this test. Um, <laughs> and it's like, well, he's already good at that. So all he has to do is like, you know, like he doesn't have to grow or learn anything. He just has to like get to the end of it. It's like, you know, he's awesome. Yeah. So, I, like, I think so that was so like, a, he, that was a little weird to waste time on. He, he wasn't uh, familiar with how the mushroom kingdom worked. I read an interview with Miyamoto um, about it because he was a producer on it. And he said he never wanted to spend time explaining why, things in the mushroom kingdom dropped or you went through tubes and things like that. And I go, okay, I can respect that. It's just, this is how it is. And this is what it's going to be. And, uh, and it's fun. And I actually liked the Bowser angle where they took, uh, his story basically from Mario Odyssey where he's, uh, he wants to marry Peach. And I mean, Jack Black is hilarious in it because they, I love his minions think too that he's going to take over the world, but his real quest is he's in love with Peach and he's going to ask her to marry him. And I, I the one Koopa who goes, um, what if she says no? <laughs> it gets obliterated. <laughs> it gets toasted. Um, it turns into dry bones. Uh, it's just, I just had a lot of fun with it. And I mean, my audience was in it right away. As soon as they did the, uh, Nintendo, um, title screen dude my theater was cheering and going freaking crazy it, it was pretty surreal nice yeah mine was a little more quiet than that but it was late so yeah i i took uh my kid i went to a 745 showing at 40x and when Ooh. i got our yeah when i got our seats because i like the third row like third and fourth row are my favorite rows i think in movie theaters um because I like to be have the screen kind of go around me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, when I bought him, he and I were the only ones in that row. And because I got off work at six, I had to run down and pick him up in Lakewood and then drive to the pavilions, which had a Gladys Knight concert going on at the Paramount at the same time. <laughs> there were tons of people. Um, so I got there just before the trailer started. And... By the time I got in there, the whole theater was sold out. Um, nice. And yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was a really fun. Um, 
obviously, you know, the Mario Kart stuff in 4DX was really fun. Um, and they, every time there was like throwing fireballs, the smoke would come out. And when they went to the Mushroom Kingdom, they put in scents and yeah, the when they went to was going. when they went to Donkey Kong Land, did they have like a banana scent going on? Or yeah, it, oh, they yeah. did. Yeah, it was like a foresty tropical smell to it. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it was, and I don't know if because I saw it. This is the first time I saw one in a long time that it had every element working. And I don't know if it's because it was a seven forty-five on a Friday night, probably. Um, but I mean, the water was spraying, the smells, the smoke was going constantly. Um, you know, every time something blew up on Rainbow Road, the all the lights around the theater went in different colors. Um, so it was really fun. And it's really awesome in 3D. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I had the movie's great, though. I had tons of fun with the movie. Um, but, th- I mean, there's not much to it. <laughs> it's clearly what I said at the beginning. It's just them going to save uh, Peach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, not to save Peach, but like save the kingdom. The save Mushroom Kingdom, I should say. Yeah, because she's not um, a damsel in distress at all. No, she's pretty put well put together. And like I said, I, Luigi's more of a damsel in distress in the movie. <laughs> you're right. He's literally um, going to be killed by Bowser if, yeah, you know, same. Yeah. I, Seth Rogen was funny as Donkey Kong. Um, it's just funny hearing Seth Rogen's laugh and coming out of Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, and he purposely. He said in an interview that he didn't want to make uh, make a silly voice because it just would be unauthentic. And I go, all right, I'm down. Um, I, I I do want to give a shout out though. I thought the music in the film was incredible. Uh, being a huge Mario fan, they had the cues from all the Mario games in it, and Toad being my favorite Mario character, he uh, when he shows up at the beginning, they play the Captain Toad theme song that um mixed in with an orchestra orchestra um so it was really clever and um if you listen to the score really carefully you'll hear all the major mario themes throughout it yeah and i mean not just the well-known stuff i mean i heard super mario world mario 3 um mario land captain toad smash brothers even dude so in my theater when they went to get their carts as mario kart and they did um like how you pick it in the game dude are my freaking theater was cheering i think whoa yeah what a crazy thing to cheer for um yeah there's there's so many like background references to thing it's like i even i appreciate it like they have the mario brothers the 93 movie references in there like yeah basically how they get to um mushroom land when they go through the sewer and everything is very much like how the beginning of the mario Brothers, the old one starts and then oh, there's yeah. that thread about a uh, peach like being an orphan who doesn't know where she comes from uh yeah like that's like daisy in uh the original movie so it had a little bit stuff for me too yeah and i what what I liked about it too is it it knew what it was and it was just a fun movie. There was nothing. Um, the only thing it was missing was that they didn't have like someone bust through the door at the end of the movie saying like Mario Luigi, you're not gonna believe this <laughs> and just end. <laughs> and I would have went boo. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this movie now. 
Just erase uh, I, all the goodwill. <laughs> well, I'm not. I mean, Bob Hopkins hated the Mario movie because <laughs> <laughs> there's that starting to pop up again. Because well, I hope so. I'll get a Blu-ray out of it. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you might because if you go to Variety, there's an interview with the two directors from the '93 film, and they talk about how that movie ruined their career. <laughs> yeah. it, it took them a long time to get a job again, and how. Uh, Bob Hopkins was like, there's a quote where he said that they um, didn't know how to direct. And I mean, it's pretty mean. Um, So I I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes of that movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We we might not ever know. You know what I mean? Well, I think with the box office grosses, Disney has to be looking at like, hey, we own the old one. Like, let's fix it up and put it out there finally. But it's sad because I literally just bought like a foreign copy of it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> so like a couple months ago so be like oh wow i'm definitely gonna get the uh, uh is it an all region one yeah oh nice but i don't quite have an all region player yet so it's it's definitely like a, a future proofing thing but like now i feel like i'm gonna get the american <laughs> one and it won't matter um, you know if if i was in charge i would make a steel book and i won't even put the title on it i would just have uh, John Leguizamo and Bob Hopkins, you know, on there making the M. Oh, totally. Black background. You know, that's what I would do, but I'm not in charge. That yeah, that's a Struzan piece of artwork. So yeah, exactly. I would yeah, I would definitely use that. So, but yeah, yeah I, I feel I, like it. It made so much money. Like oh, Jesus, Disney has to be on like break it out, remaster it, put it out. I mean that. I, that's what I was going to talk about in news. I mean, we'll talk about it now, but how much money that movie made is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, high, you, I knew grossing. it was going to be big, but I mean, highest grossing animated film of all time opening weekend. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'll give a shout out to Corinne too. Last week she said that it's going to, the audience is going to love it. And I mean, it's at 96% audience approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think it's going to play a long time. (laughs) Well, they also picked a, like a genius weekend to do it. Like Easter weekend, like families were. Yeah. And it's been like so light on family fair already. So they just, they really just was the last one, right? Yeah. Maybe Ant-Man, but yeah, as far as like, yeah. Family friendly animated stuff. Yeah. I think Puss in Boots is it. I mean, I can take my kid to Ant-Man, but I don't know how many, (laughs) <laughs> parents let their kids grow up watching film you know like that i mean i know some do because they go to those kind of movies with me but um it's something that i make sure that you know kellen comes with me he's respectful he watches the movies and it's taught him to like love movies he um he pretty much watched asked to watch a movie every day so it worked <laughs> i feel like dungeons and dragons is probably another like probably could have like falls in that category like it there's no cussing and there's no blood or outrageous violence so like that could have also been like a good one for the weekend but yeah i mean my theater had a bunch of families in it but i i mean i think people might be it might dungeons and dragons is cool but i don't think it's as well universally loved as mario i guess there are parts that could come off as scary but yeah mario is so saccharine that yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty safe movie yeah, for people I mean, who are like a little. Mario's everywhere. So. Yeah, 
I mean, literally, uh, in my action figure set for my Amiibos, I have... I have, like, ten Marios, two Luigis, two Bowsers, a Princess Peach, and two Toads. <laughs> and a baby Bowser, or Bowser Jr. So I have a lot of them. So pretty much everything's great about the Super Mario Brothers movie, and it's time to move on. Except... <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was frustrated with... Um, they set up that Mario is a disappointment to his family. <laughs> um He's not successful, and uh, Luigi is weighing him down. And they do kind of resolve that a little bit. But it's, like, only because they pop up at Brooklyn at the end, and, like, his parents are there, and they see him, like, defeat Bowser. So, okay. <laughs> um, And then, yeah, like, Luigi doesn't weigh him down throughout the movie because he's stuck in a cage <laughs> the whole time. Um, And so, yeah, you... I guess he conquers his fear by picking up a sewer lid and dodging a or deflecting a fireball. So hell yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they set up peach as this orphan who was just like became the princess because the toads granted it. So I thought that was going to like be a mystery that was going to be solved by the end. And then donkey Kong, I didn't think would have an arc, but like by the end, you'll find out that um, he's dealing with being a disappointment to his dad. <laughs> Like, I was like, I didn't get that, but okay. Um, so that feel like a, felt like a surprise. Um, and then Toad's just, uh, Toad doesn't have anything going on. He's just like fearless. Uh, Hell yeah, the whole thing. bro. Don't you play Captain Toad? That's like the whole point of the game. <laughs> I haven't played it. Um, oh, dude, you should get it for your Switch. It's awesome. I will someday when I have money. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then Bowser. <laughs> I thought the whole him trying to marry the princess was, was going to be like a ruse. <laughs> like it was just a gag. Um, but no, that's literally what his thing was. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are just kind of things that were like, I was like, oh, well, this is this is all going to wrap up into something intelligent at the end. And and no, it's just, uh, it happened. So hopefully well, Brad, the sequels he, will... He, he conquered everything and all he wanted was someone to love him. But he learned that you can't force somebody to love you. You have to do it the right way. Did he learn that? Or did he just get really mad about it? <laughs> uh, well, he's he's in a cage. He's screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Until he eats a mushroom. So he learned know. it against his will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, we haven't mentioned yet how great the Peaches song is, though. Oh, yeah. The Peaches song is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah jack black is really really good um and i mean already a hell of a performer and that peaches song while simple gets stuck in your head really quickly <laughs> I, was gonna, I didn't expect a song where literally the lyrics are just peaches um yeah. could be so entertaining yep and it's there's a there's a funny video of jack black dressed as bowser singing the song and then today <laughs> the movie released the video of it in in mine um kellen could not stop laughing when he was singing the song and all those peaches were popping up every time he said peaches <laughs> and um yeah he lives in a fantasy world and you know you don't always get what you want like the rolling stones said yeah no matter how powerful and what you have you know, 
And then uh, I didn't really even notice until the end, but uh, yeah, Yoshi didn't make a much of an appearance in like they tease like they show Yoshi's, but they're not Yoshi um, mm-hmm. until the very end post credits thing. So hopefully the sequel involves Yoshi some more. But yeah, I I, I kind of forgot about um, him as a character until the very end, which I I was surprised by because I like I love Yoshi, but yeah, I mean, but if you think about, it, wouldn't it be cool? If the uh, the next one they did, they made it look like either Yoshi's story or Yoshi's yarn as an oh, animation that'd be amazing. style. That'd yeah. be sweet. Yeah, like maybe Bowser does something that like makes Mario into a baby again. Oh, that would be sweet. And then it's up to Yoshi to yeah save Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, Hollywood, do you need script ideas? We got them. Yeah, we know more about the what to do with a Mario story than <laughs> these writers. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're only going to make a billion dollars off this movie. We can write a script that that's not just references and Easter eggs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this part, I'm going to have Mario pick up a vegetable, you know, like super Mario brothers too. <laughs> uh, see, that's kind of what I would want is like a Mario brothers two style movie, but yeah, a Yoshi one would probably be better. Right. Yeah that makes sense yeah it does um yeah plenty of places it could go yeah that's what's great about the universe is it's really rich oh i remember i was gonna say like it's funny that people were complaining about um a couple weeks ago what was it oh uh in shazam like oh the skittles reference is this is such like a product placement movie and literally the super Mario Bros. movie is mostly references and easter eggs <laughs> It's super (laughs) successful. Like, it's a big Nintendo commercial. Like, hey, remember our game? Remember this game? Remember this game? Like, they have Wrecking Crew in there. And Mario gets beat up by one of the Wrecking Crew guys, Spike. Yeah, That is funny, though. I mean, a lot of people... That's a forgotten Mario game is Wrecking Crew. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, it's just like the ultimate Nintendo commercial (laughs) this movie is. people, People are like, it's awesome! Like, but last week you're complaining Skittles was in Shazam. It's it's like the Wiz without, you know, Fred Savage. Because it's a commercial for the Power Glove in Mario 3. You mean the Wizard? The Wizard. Not the Wiz. Oh, yeah, the Wiz is the, Wiz is, uh, the Michael Jackson one. The Wizard, yes. It's like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Fucking idiot. Do you even Power Glove, bro? <laughs> <laughs> the worst peripheral ever <laughs> it looks so cool but yeah it's functionally oh, it's cool. garbage yeah it doesn't work well <laughs> they didn't even advertise that you have to like build that frame around your tv with it nope that's not fun <laughs> cool yeah and that's the super mario brothers movie i think you should go out and see it it's lots of fun i agree it's fun <laughs> Uh, we've already touched on it, but here's the news of the week. It's real news. I mean, the news has been dominated by the Mario Brothers movie that made $200 million in the U.S. alone its first week and almost $400 million worldwide. I think that's a, a good start for the movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising. It's what, like a 
40 year old property at this point that's never had a significant feature film presence. So it was bound to is bound to happen. And I mean, it's, it's so beloved that, um, and I mean, I knew it was loved, but being in that theater, I'm telling you, man, it, I, I couldn't believe it. It's, it, it, it's like when I'm in a theater and people cheer for Spider-Man, like I cheer for Spider-Man, Like you know, these characters are really popular, but to see it in more than just in my fandom, if that makes any sense is, uh, is really cool. Um, and really heartwarming and makes it so that they're always going to be around, you know, (laughs) do people really cheer for like Batman? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds weird to me. Like, yeah, it's such a yeah. Most of the Batman movies are yeah, like heightened dramas. So like, just imagine cheering during a drama. Like, yeah, like they're not fun movies. They're like, I enjoy them, but they're not like Avengers where Batman swoops into the last second and saves somebody. And you're like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> Oh man, it's he's like, depressed. Yeah, it's <laughs> Time like to watch his mom die. In your head, I'm usually just sitting there going like, "Yeah, this is cool." <laughs> but it's not like <laughs> I'm like like ready to like jump out of the stands and do cartwheels over it. <laughs> this is not that kind of vibe, you know. No, yeah, no, it's um, but yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, like I said, I knew the movie was going to do well, but I didn't know it was going to be like that crazy. In doing well, it also blows my mind that from the studio that does Minions, that this did better than Minions. Like what? <laughs> like yeah. Minions are a juggernaut <laughs> for them, and Mario did better than that. Like, especially do well, but not that well. Yeah, it's um, it, like I said, it's pretty pretty remarkable um that it was able to do that and and what's even better is i was looking and reading an article that the rest of the box office did really well too um air did 20 million and um i mean dungeons and dragons fell 60 percent, but it's still holding pretty well throughout the week um so that's good news for theaters because it's weird like we've been saying for three years if they just keep releasing good movies then people will continue to go to the movies um <laughs> Because you can't replicate the movie experience at home, even though I have lots of movies and I still watch them all the time at home. Uh, there's nothing that compares watching them on a big screen. Um, so yeah, keep it up. I mean, I, I'm guessing. I mean, Mario's probably going to win next week too, but um, keep it going. Is all I have to say. Any other news you got? I didn't got anything unless you found something that I missed. No, I mean they took put that indie story trailer out. So, I... oh yeah, the, yeah. I mean, I guess the Star Wars celebration stuff. Um, yeah, the indie looks fun. Um, I say story trailer like it, they gave us any like useful more information on that, but not really. It's just more sh- different shots of the same stuff, I guess. So, which is fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to know too much about a time travel plot ahead of time. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I, to me, if there's just something that's it's like warm cocoa seeing Harrison Ford be Indiana Jones um, that I just love it. The the character is so iconic and I love all the films that it's just, 
here we are, you know, 43 years after the first one, 42 years after the first one. And we're getting another one with the same dude who, yeah, he's older, but he can still like fuck shit up. (laughs) I'm, I'm down. And anytime Harrison Ford punches Nazis, I am totally down with that. And the world could use a lot more not Nazi punching these days, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm not going to disagree. I think clearly people it. have forgotten. <laughs> yes, um, and I'm actually excited for um, the Ray movie. I really like Ray from the previous trilogy, and I think there is more story to tell there. And oh yeah, I think... they did so little of it in the, in the last three for her. Um, like that that whole saga takes place over what like a week. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely uh, more stuff to do there. And I think I, I love the idea of it. Um, you know, where she's going to train a new uh, class, I guess, of Jedi. Basically take up Luke Skywalker's role after Return of the Jedi. Exactly. And not chicken out like a pussy. <laughs> um, yeah, I just hope this time they uh, flesh out the story across all three movies ahead of time. Rather than doing yeah. it as they go, I don't know if they're going to do three movies. I, I was reading an interview with Kathleen Kennedy, and I think they're kind of just going to take it a movie at a time and see how it goes. <laughs> Which yeah, that might be a uh, pretty smart. Yeah, might be worth doing. Yeah, so like get or out not, of that trilogy mindset, or not get into um, you know bending at the will of the fans because um. It's really interesting because I, you know, in my 150 movie list, which you can read about most, uh, some of them right now on realnerdspodcast.com, um, I have Last Jedi really high because I fucking love that movie. And, um, I, uh, I went back and I've just been reading about it. And man, there is a lot of reviewers that just have this like hatred for that movie. And it made them course correct where they basically ignored it in the third one. Um, yeah. which, I mean, I still like Rise of Skywalker, but not as much as I liked Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, take chances in the storytelling. It's cool. I promise. But what do I know? Nothing. I, like, I've been encouraged. I've been seeing a lot more Last Jedi uh like people revisiting it and enjoying it. So there's hope. Like I said, I like when that movie came out, I said like, it's going to follow the arc of empire strikes back. Like mm. empire strikes back found its footing like 10 years later, you know, really? I see. I'm not that well versed. I guess I didn't go back and look. So uh, empire wasn't beloved right away. Well, growing up, what I understood was that like when it came out is people were like, Oh, this is a bummer. It's so dark. And like everyone loses. Um, like that sucks. Um, Mm -hmm. and then over time, like, you know, through like, um, you know, nerd circles and everything, it, people explain that like, yeah, because this, like, it's better because of this and, um, it's challenge, like it challenges star Wars and everything. And I feel like that's what last Jedi Mm -hmm. does too, is it challenges, um, it challenges the movie before it, which is, you know, this popcorn fluff, like mainstream thing. And yeah, it, goes the opposite direction in the sequel um i feel like yeah it it does the same thing with uh, last jedi so i feel like people are gonna come around again i don't want to say i've always been a you know more sophisticated movie fan than my brothers 
But my brothers, because we watched Star Wars all the time growing up, and they always love Return of the Jedi. And I would always have to beg to watch The Empire Strikes Back. And um, so in my own household, you know, Return of the Jedi was always the favorite yeah. amongst my brothers. Me, I was always uh, I was always the Empire Strikes Back kind of person. Yeah, it's like the uh, Strikes Back doesn't have a ton of space battles and a big climactic like, you know, start the Death Star exploding sequence, you know. So mm-hmm. it's always like, yeah, Luke's sitting on ugly ass Dagobah training half the time and whining about it. And then the other guys are just scuttling through an asteroid field <laughs> until they get um, captured on Bespin. Like, yeah, there's it's not like a grand epic story. Uh, episode it's just kind of like this lull in the story so i feel like back in 1980 1980 like that probably was a little disappointing Hmm. um but we don't remember that it's it's been 40 years so um and that like i feel like the last 30 of it has been all positive so it's kind of gone by wayside but yeah i feel like they're hearing rumblings back then that um it had to grow to that point but yeah Anywho, I feel like I'm talking in circles. We digress. We should move on. Hey, this is what we've watched this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, I know you've been around town a lot. What you been watching? Do you want to hear about all of them? Uh, I mean, you can if you want. Uh, well, I'm surprised you haven't. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen Air? No. I figured like that would have been on your to-do list. It is. I might see it tomorrow. Um, I just got to make sure that my my wife's schedule since she got her new job is a little like goofy. So I have to make sure that she's she's not working, but I have to make sure she's not doing trainings and stuff and we'll be able to take care of my kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, someone posted uh, like a review in Letterboxd like... Um, they should just keep making movies where Matt Damon's good at his job. <laughs> and thinking back to Ford B. Ferrari, I'm like, yes, I do like seeing that. <laughs> I do like seeing him being good at his, at his job. Um, yeah. Uh, Air is the story of how Nike courted uh, Michael Jordan into creating the Air Jordan shoe. And, you know, it's no Star Wars <laughs> plot. <laughs> uh, but it, it was a fun watch. Uh, it's not is interesting i'd say of a development as for v ferrari actually it's a lot like tetris where it's a movie about contract negotiation <laughs> um so if you like tetris i think you'll also you know it's also set in the 80s like tetris uh so i think I, my my review was like between tetris and uh air contract negotiation contract negotiating no, the contract negotiation movies are having a moment um <laughs> but like yeah like everyone's acting at the top of their game um and it is a little fascinating to see how they convince um the superstar to because the story is that nike was not a discussion for michael jordan he did not he wanted to go to adidas um and was very uh fervent about not developing with nike and uh what they do to convince him is pretty good and uh matt damon's final like pitch to him like his performance in that 
and he's like in front of the the pitch room and um like selling you know it's like it's like, it's like Don Draper selling the Kodak um oh. uh account you know it's like it's that good um so yeah I think it's if you just want to see actors at the top of their game acting in this small very contained story um a little too much drone shots <laughs> for me <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of drone shots of the Nike office or uh, wherever they're going to. Um, and some of them are a little uh, um, ambitious. Like there's one where it starts out and it like goes all the way down to the limo that pulls up. And it's like, cool. Like you're trying to make this tiny movie a little more epic, but uh, you know, didn't need it. And there's also like one <laughs> sequence where Matt Damon goes to talk to like the, uh, uh, Marlon Waylands, who plays like the uh, coach of the U.S. Olympic basketball team, and there's like some refocusing that's happening in this like just uh like medium close-up shot of just their faces, and it's just constantly refocusing, uh, not between the two, but like on a certain like a single person. I was just like, it's interesting that they kept this in, <laughs> like camera work wise. <laughs> it seems a little experimental and shoddy to me um but yeah it, it was a little distracting like i stopped paying attention to what they're saying and i was just like why are they refocusing constantly between uh in, in the shot it's, it's odd um maybe it was like they screwed up but it, uh, ben affleck thought it was still like the best performance take so they had to go with it <laughs> so <laughs> Fuck yeah <it. laughs> Other than that, yeah, I think I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then the other thing I watched was um, other new thing. Shoot. Oh, Paint. Um, oh, which, the Bob Ross one. Yeah, where uh, Owen Wilson played. Well, it's not a biography of Bob, Bob Ross, but it's like loosely based on his character. Um, and uh, yeah, I wasn't prepared for it to be like this love triangle story. Huh. <laughs> um, He's basically a so just imagine like the Bob Ross show where he's like this locally famous painter, but it revolves around all the women that he's dated in his periphery and then mm. like kind of screwed them over, I guess. <laughs> um so yeah, he's uh he's got the show and then he's at the kind of the it's been on for like 20 years at this PBS station. And then the PBS people hire on this other artist who does her own painting show. And it be, kind of becomes a threat to his show. And I thought that's what the movie was mostly going to be going to be about, but it really just highlights the fact that he's dated these, like his producer and then uh, his receptionist. And there's like this new girl um, who's like an assistant. And he just so keeps this on... isn't real. It's, yeah, or did he really do that. I don't think I don't think it's really based on Bob Ross himself. It's just like they took his persona and then oh, okay. I did their own saying. thing with okay. it. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's it's I'd almost say it's kind of like in the vein of Napoleon Dynamite, but the humor isn't that funny, I guess. Like it's got that vibe, but it's not as quirky or as funny in what they do. Mm. Um, it's really, um, spoilers. I passed out for a little bit. It was you so did. bored. It was so boring at one point <laughs> that I did not care. Um, and I just kind of found found out that I had passed out, and 
uh welcome back but i didn't think i missed that much um but yeah like um yeah the story is yeah uh he's losing his show and um he has to reconcile with his past um it kind of has to like have his ego taken down a bit um and he's got like this ambition to someday put some of his paintings in this like local museum uh, and they won't take him because he f- realizes that he uh, comes to terms with the fact that his art is kind of more motel art and when he goes to the museum he watch he like he sees all these like really um daring and uh i guess ambitious things like really creative stuff and even like the new girl <laughs> i did get a chuckle like the new girl's like she painted it like a week ago is already in their museum. <laughs> it's like this UFO that's like spilling blood. Um, and so, yeah, he kind of has like a midlife crisis thing going on. And um, there's not like a, a lot of obvious jokes, but yeah, it's just kind of boring. Yeah. It's, I, for, for all the takes you could have done with like a Bob Ross homage. Like I thought that was a weird one to have like this love triangle thing where he has to reconcile with like what, what he's put these women through. Yeah, it's really weird because I mean, I wouldn't even think that. I mean, maybe he's just maybe Bob Ross in real life was just too boring, and <laughs> have to think of something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the obvious thing is like the the rival show, like that would be the story of the movie. Yeah, but yeah, hmm. that's only a part of what they went through. So yeah, I don't know. Paint. I don't know if you need to see it, but maybe it sounds like one I'll wait for streaming. Yeah, it's a, it's probably a good streaming one. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I um, I so I really haven't watched very much. I watched uh, Dead Silence again. Uh, I got the Ultra HD of it. It's um from the makers of Saw that deals with ventriloquist dummies and. Um, this woman who haunts this town and it's a kind of a cool movie. Um, some of the acting in it isn't the greatest and some of the people make really dumb choices like in horror films. Uh, but I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my kid has started watching this show called pickle and peanut. And it's a show that's from Disney XD that only ran for two years in like 2012 and 2013. And it wasn't like beloved, but the humor is so bizarre that I don't think it was meant for Disney XD. It was, it's almost Disney XD's version of trying to make an adult swim film, uh, show where, um, Pickle is voiced by, uh, ironically enough, Napoleon Dynamite, John Hedder, and, um, uh, Peanut, I don't even know, some guy. <laughs> and, uh, it's literally just them on these weird adventures and, but they have, <laughs> there's one that my little boy loves where they go to a gym and they put on this belt called the zapper and electrocute you into having abs and being a meathead. And pickle says that he's not going to do it the fake way. He's going to work out really hard and get muscles a natural way. So after one day working out the gym, he goes out and flexes and he gets this like little pimple sized bicep and he goes, 
oh man, I can't wait to go rub this small muscle all over Peanut's face. I'm like, what did he just fucking say? (laughs) (laughs) But the whole show is like that. It's like they have all these double entendres and they have things where you go, did they just fucking say that on this kid's show? Um, Where if you're a kid, you're just, you don't get it. But as an adult, you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is um, pretty racy humor. And uh, I think it's maybe the 10th or 11th episode. Patton Oswalt shows up in it as a Russian, like, mafia boss. Um, Shaquille O'Neal plays uh, a bear from the 1990s called 1990s Cartoon Bear. And it's a take on Baloo from Telspin. Um, It is just the weirdest fucking show but I find myself laughing at it all the time. And they do stupid shit like um, the hero of the show or supposed one is this guy called Champion Horse. And it's just this like really buff dude with a horse head. And <laughs> there's this one part where they're like flying in an airplane and uh, Champion Horse goes, you boys need to learn how to jump out of an airplane. And so he jumps out and he just goes, nay. But as he's falling down it isn't the character design of him it's like a plastic horse that's been photoshopped into the <laughs> into the show and it just spins down as he's saying nay you have to see the show brad I, I can't describe how fucking weird it is but it's funny i laugh at it all the time you said pickle and pete a uh, pickle and peanut. peanut it's literally a pickle and a peanut in a world and they're the only ones that are like not human kind of besides like champion horse and stuff. Um, I mean, there's, there's one where there's a shark in the sewer and they both get swallowed by him. And the only way they can get, they can control the shark is by punching his organs. It's fucking weird, <laughs> but huh. it's, it's weird in a really funny way that I, I look, there is no Blu-ray or DVD of it, which is a bummer. Um, and I think on IMDb, it's rated 4.4. And I don't think people understand it. I really don't. Um, yeah, it, it, the, the humor is just so bizarre. Um, yeah, it sounds a lot like Aqua Teen. Yeah, it is a lot like Aqua Teen. But, it, I mean, Aqua Teen's a little more um, dirty and a little more, um, you know, bloody and gory. Um, the, I mean, there's the one that really got me, sucked me in. I can't remember, it's like the fourth or fifth episode. And it's where, like, Pickle and Peanut are doing basically parkour. And Peanut, uh, Pickle breaks his arm. And so <laughs> Peanut calls the ambulance. And the ambulance guy answers the phone. And they're on this other call where there's this old man lying in the middle of the street. And the ambulance guy goes, man, we got to go. Some guy broke his arm in a thousand places. And the other guy throws the stretcher on this old dude and says, it's okay. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Get in the car and drive off. <laughs> and um, so Peanut's holding Pickle and he says, don't worry, buddy. You're in good hands. And the paramedic says, did someone say good hands? And he holds out his hands and then it cuts to this, just his hands and his hands are all fucked up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they go see a doctor and there's these like cutaway, and it's this little kid doctor, like Doogie Hauser. And he's doing like operations on people. And then it ends, and he goes, By the way, I'm not a real doctor. <laughs> so he like just fucks people up. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's so bizarre. 
Um, but I watch it every day with my kid, and I fucking laugh every time I watch it. Yeah. Cool. You have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just see it. Um, that, sorry, yeah, that we, reminds me of something else I, I forgot to tell you about for like two weeks. I started watching the uh, the new Beavis and Butthead show because um, <laughs> they, they still have like new seasons coming out. Um, yeah. And I also like I watched that and then I watched the uh, I guess the 90s ones. Mm-hmm. And the new ones are so much funnier. Like, really, I'm, I'm sure people enjoyed the '90s ones, but like, I've watched them backwards, and I enjoy watching the new ones. I like, I'm actually fully laughing at the newer oh, stuff. Um, and now I'm going back through the old things, and they're kind of like on Paramount Plus. They're like not chronological. Like, you go down mm. the list, it says like the first one's episode three, and the next one's twenty seven, the next one's five, and it's just like, why is it ordered like this? I wonder if it's because they have rights issues because they showed so many music videos. It might be the music videos, but yeah, like, and so the new show, like they don't just do music videos, but they also do like YouTube or like, uh, TikTok stories and things. Yes. So yeah, there's some pretty funny stuff in there, but even the plots of this, like the regular adventures that they're on are great. Like, um, it's been a few weeks. So I don't remember them all, but like the last one I remember was like, um, they have, like, they talk about, dinosaurs in class and they realize like if they find dinosaur bones they can like make money off of it like <laughs> they start digging through people's trash and they find like chicken bones and then they turn like all the garbage into like a full-size t-rex skeleton that's like you know not obviously accurate but like uh they have like a leftover like drumstick and they're like uh we have this extra one like where does it go and they just decide that it's his like his boner <laughs> And then they uh, start charging people who walk by. Like it's like an exhibition to see like this dinosaur. With, like it's on the side of the street, and so all these kids are, like walking by, and it's this dinosaur with a boner. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it's great. Anyway, I love it. No, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to watch that. Um, yeah, it might be tough because I think it's a Paramount Plus only thing, but yeah. Uh, well, my father-in-law gave me his password to Paramount Plus, so I'll be able to watch it. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of subscriptions, uh, how, how much farther have you gotten on Ted Lasso? Uh, still the same. I, I got to start catching up. Um, Son of a bitch. I know. I, I always laugh. Because I, I... <laughs> Corinne, you know, she spoils it. And she does, like, spoiler alert on Twitter. But when you scroll, it starts from the fucking bottom. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's my bitch for the day. But yeah, um, I know I got to get caught up. Maybe this week, if I can stop watching Pickle and Peanut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next week uh, is Renfield. Um, I think, right? Did I get that yeah. right? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, until next week. Well, also... Uh, we got uh, Film Explosion 83 and 93 coming up. Yeah, yeah, really quick. Sort of back-to-back, so get those lists together. Oh, yeah, I'll send that to you, too. Um, But, yeah. Because, yeah, after Renfield, is it 83? It's Evil Dead. Evil Dead, and then 83, and then Guardians, Guardians. and then 93. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. So get those lists together. I'll start posting about it so we can start getting some lists in. And I guess before we leave, Brad, I didn't want to do it, but here's Corinne talking about something 
that she promised she would send it, but I haven't seen it in our email yet. But I'm guessing she did. I think she is going to send a Super Mario Brothers review. I'm just going to say it's Super Mario Brothers. Here it is. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for another installment of Showtime, Star Wars Celebration Edition. So as I record this, it's Monday night. Um, unfortunately, wasn't able to join the nerds on the Super Mario Brothers episode. I know I still have to see the movie. I just didn't have time this weekend, but... Um, I do hope to see it soon. Anyway, um, but just so much came out of Star Wars Celebration, and then we're going to get Mandalorian um, Episode 7 of Season 3. Well, technically, like, <laughs> Wednesday early morning, but I'm like, tomorrow night, <laughs> because, of course, I'm probably going to be up at 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we're still a couple days away from the seventh episode of The Mandalorian, which I've already seen spoilers online, and if they are true, oh boy. Um <laughs> But just wanted to talk about a couple of things that came out of Star Wars Celebration and just um, just share my thoughts on just where things are going in general. Um, oh man, there's so much, <laughs> so much stuff. Um, I'm really excited about the Rey movie. I'm kind of a little confused as to what the conflict's going to be. I guess she, like, I know it said something about like she's starting like her Jedi Academy or whatever, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, but... Like, is she going to have to run in with, like, some Sith or, like, Sith wannabe people? Um, that, that's a possibility. Or is it going to be more, like, internal drama? Like, among her students, like, maybe one of her students uh, gets tempted by the dark side or something. <laughs> you know, very much like what happened with Luke and uh, Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Um, which, yes, I would love to see Ben Solo come back. Um, I know some people are like, well, he should come back to life. And I, I, I agree. I mean, that would be great. But... More likely, he's just going to be like a forest ghost or something. Uh, I, w I would imagine he'll have like some presence in the movie, but whether it's like he just gets brought up or whether we get to see him as a forest ghost or if it's something else has yet to be determined. I'm sure like they don't even have a script for the movie probably, or maybe they have like a rough draft, but yeah, I, I, I imagine a lot of the details for that movie have not been finalized at all. Um, as far as the, the, like, movie about, like, the beginning of the Force and, like, the very first Jedi, I'm like, okay, I'm neutral about it. I'm like, I'm open to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really stand out to me, but sure. Um, the Ahsoka series, I'm very excited. I, I, I think it was maybe, like, a year ago now that I reviewed all of Rebels, and I really love that, that show, and I love those characters, I'm a little, um, I guess, maybe not concerned. I'm just a little uh, nervous about how they're going to make the transition into live action. But just based on what I've seen in the trailer, like, Zeb looked great in The Mandalorian a couple episodes ago. So I'm like, if they can get Zeb right, I feel like they can get everybody else. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, Thrawn coming back is really big. Um, and that probably means that Ezra, who, spoilers for um, Rebels uh, series finale, but um, what happens is, like, Ezra, who's one of the protagonists of the show, he ends up kind of sacrificing himself to transport Thrawn and his armada, like, away from the main planet where all the action is taking place. And so Thrawn and Ezra presumably get lost in space together. And so if Thrawn is back, it means Ezra's probably back, too. Um, and the fact that they've cast an actor to play him in live action 
yeah, so we're probably going to see Ezra. I'm very excited. Um, Lars Mickelson coming back as Thrawn is going to be awesome. He did such a great job on the Rebel show. Um, he just has such a great voice. I am a little nervous about, you know, whether they're going to do, like, makeup or prosthetics. Because, of course, Thrawn has, like, iconic blue skin and red eyes. Um, and obviously it's really easy to do that in animation. But how's it going to look in live action? I don't know. Um, we will We will find out. Yeah, so Ahsoka, um, tentatively excited about it. Love Ahsoka. Um, um, they said in the trailer, like, oh, one of her labels is Jedi, and there's this very famous uh, uh, part of Rebels where she's like, no, I'm not a Jedi anymore. So, like, it's possible that the whole journey of the show is going to be about her becoming a Jedi again and kind of reclaiming her faith. Um, <laughs> very Mandalorian vibe there, but all right. You know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, the Dave Filoni movie, um, that's going to be this, like, Ahsoka-era, Mando-era movie that's going to be, like, the pinnacle of all the shows of this of this era. I've already said it on Twitter, but this is my, my just, like, batshit crazy theory right now, is that the, um, the movie is going to be Thrawn and Moff Gideon teaming up so, like, basically all the Empire people, their sectors that are under their control are going to team up, and then it's going to be up to, like, because, of course, the New Republic's not going to, like, come in until the last minute, <laughs> so it's going to be up to, like, Mando and Ahsoka and, like, all their friends to, like, rally the troops, um, you know, all their, like, friends and friends of friends, and um, they're going to have to fight, you know, Moff Gideon and Thrawn together because, of course, the New Republic isn't going to bother to do anything until it's too late but uh yeah i i am tentatively excited for that movie as well <sighs> um well <laughs> great news we are getting a third season of the bad batch it's confirmed i guess there's already clips floating around um leaks about like the trailer so they have like already you know some of it um, filmed isn't right but they have some of it done um, but it's not coming out until 2024, which even if it came out, like, a year from now, I'm like, that's a whole year, like, why are you making me wait this long, ah, but, hey, I mean, I guess we waited three years in between, like, the OG six movies back in the day, so I guess we can, we can wait for one year for Bad Batch season three, yes, <laughs> um, just as a whole, Star Wars, you know, as a franchise, um, I mean, I see a lot of people criticizing it, I'm not quite on that level, but I, as my friend, uh, and I were talking about today, she's like, yeah, I, I, I guess we were talking more about, like, just Disney, because we were talking about the live-action Little Mermaid, and, uh, I was like, well, what do you think, like, are you gonna see it, and she's like, yeah, I'm just not in that boat anymore, <laughs> Or something, or like, I'm in the boat, like, I don't care about Disney. And I'm like, I'm not on the boat, but I'm at least, like, on the shoreline. <laughs> uh, so that was a funny moment. But, um, again, like, I see the criticisms, and I think some of it is valid. I, I agree with some of it. Um, it is just constantly expanding, and there's all these, like, sometimes, and, and I'm a diehard fan, and even for me, it's a little hard to keep track of, like, wait, what time period is this set in? Like, 
who's alive, what's going on, you know, I'm waiting for, like, this character to pop up, or this conflict to get resolved, or, or something, and, like, there's all these, like, underlying threads, um, like, between the Bad Batch and the Mandalorian, like, cloning got brought up a lot between the two shows, like, again, within hours of each other, and it's just, like, sometimes it's hard to keep track of, like, what time period each show show is set in and like what's going on and who is where and um so now that we have like definitively these like eight different eras or whatever it was um it's like oh boy yeah I it could work it could work but I also see that you know it might just become a little too much for everybody and I I think Hollywood in general, but Disney, Lucasfilm specifically, they want to do this kind of like buffet approach, right? Where it's like, we're going to put out all of these things in this existing universe, whether it's Marvel or it's Star Wars or whatever. And like, whatever looks appealing, you can just take, you know, you can, you can enjoy that show or that movie as a standalone. You don't have to worry about the rest of it. But of course, <laughs> the MCU has, um, and other things too, but the MCU mostly has made us all very, you know, the expectation is you have to watch everything or you're not going to get all of it. Like you're going to be lost, right? You're going to miss out, you know, there will be, you know, Easter eggs is one thing, but it'll be like, oh, there's this main conflict going on that you're not going to get unless you watch these other shows. And (laughs) it's kind of been that way up till now arguably, um, like with the Bad Batch, like you could watch the Bad Batch on its own, but it's like at minimum you have to watch Revenge of the Sith. Like you have to watch the prequels to, to get the Bad Batch. And then ideally you should also probably watch like the Clone Wars, um, and maybe like some Rebels, um, to kind of get what's going on, even though Rebels takes place after, but there's like people in Rebels that you would recognize that anyway, um, it's, yeah, see, that's the thing is, like, you can't just watch, like, a standalone thing anymore, even with just The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, right? It's like, yes, the the, the creators are like, yeah, but The Book of Boba Fett was always supposed to be, you know, Mandalorian season 2.5, and it's like, well then, <sighs> why are you calling it The Book of Boba Fett? Like, some people tune in for that show because they like Boba Fett and they don't give a crap about Mando. But then Mando took over like a whole episode of that show. And anyway, I'm just rambling at this point, um, as I always do, because it's just me alone in a room talking. I don't have any of the other nerds to like rein me in. Like this is what happens when y'all just let me talk for 11 minutes. But yeah, th- anyway, that's my whole point is that yeah, Star Wars, I think they're trying to do this buffet approach, and I think it's a lot, and I think a lot of people, they just feel, like, so inundated and so, um, off, you know, it's kind of off-putting or, or intimidated or whatever, like, oh, I don't need to check out this show or that show, like, it doesn't really look like it's my thing, and, or they are interested, but then again, they're, you know, like, oh, I gotta watch everything to catch up, and it shouldn't have to be like that. But, of course, it is going to be like that because that's kind of how these fandoms have worked for a long time. Is like it was just nerd culture and you had this 
like one group of fans who they were very dedicated and they watched everything and they rewatched everything. And now, of course, it's a lot, you know, it's bigger. It's in the pop culture zeitgeist and everybody loves it to some degree or other. But yeah, it's like, who are you making these, these for? Are you trying to appeal to these like very niche group of fans or are you trying to appeal to like this mass audience? And I think they're trying to have it both ways and it doesn't always work. It could, but it can work sometimes, but not all the time. So we'll see. Um, Holding out hope for Mandalorian episode seven and eight. Oh gosh, I really hope we get something because the first six episodes of the season have just been all over the place. I am imagining I'm going to do like a season three recap um, where, you know, once all eight episodes are up, I'm going to go back and I'm going to like binge watch all eight of them. And so I can kind of get a more clear view of, you know, was this a cohesive story or was this all over the place? <laughs> you know, because again, because it's, this season is much more linear and serialized than the last seasons have been, that it doesn't feel like this like week to week thing. It it feels more of just like one story. And so maybe, yeah, if I binge watch it, it'd hit a little different, but um, yeah, so I anticipate a season three recap when it's all said and done. But anyway, that'll be coming <laughs> much farther down the road, but keep an eye out for it at least. All right, nerds, thanks for sticking with me, and I'll talk to you guys next time, probably about Ted Lasso. Bye. And we'll see you at the movies. Wahoo! Hey, uh, hey, Bowser, play us out. Peach, you're so cool. And with my star, we're gonna rule. Peach, understand. I'm gonna love you till the very end. Peaches, 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 Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.